<laughs> Go ahead. Ah, man. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with Dan and Colin. How you guys doing? How you feeling after the after the draft and the live cast and all that excitement that happened last week? I feel cool. I feel good. I feel calm, collected, and feeling like our leadership is calm and collected. So uh, we have 11 new players that were drafted and more to come after that undrafted. So we basically have a whole new team coming. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling bad. I caught I got football fever and it put me put me on my butt. Feel pretty sick. I was so sick last night. This has never happened to me before, and I, I don't know if it's happened to any human. But I, I was seriously mouth breathing, and um, when I woke up, I had like like uh, mucus or boogers like caked onto my front teeth. Sick. Like I had to like scratch the boogers off my like. <laughs> is that is that? Um, my mouth was dry, but boogery is insane. I will say that um, because my nose is is all crooked and I can only breathe out of one nostril. Sometimes I have to breathe out of my mouth, and I hate it when I sleep because yes, you get this nasty feeling and film <laughs> in your mouth. Oh, it's horrible! I hate it so much. It's the worst. Oh, this is uh, the worst episode we've ever had. I think this is it. This is the one. No, this is going to be the best one because we're going to talk about the draft. That's true. Yeah. Good. But I had fun last week in this in the Wilson store. Thanks to David Lugo again and crew for having us and yeah, uh, Adriana awesome. and Michelle and Ian Melissa. and everybody who came out. Did I, who did I say? Uh, someone that doesn't exist. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Melissa. I'm terrible <laughs> with names, man. I really got to work on this. I think yeah. I said the wrong name to Ian earlier uh, earlier that day too, man. All right, I'm gonna work. And you're on. in the hospitality business hard. too. Like this is like should yeah, be a lamp for you. I don't care anymore about that. So. <laughs> The whole point of the hospitality business is yeah. just to get people to part with their money. And I'm not yeah. trying to be your friend. Go to Teddy's. Here. The bartenders no, no, sh- won't even try to know your names. They'll just <laughs> they call you. Call you no, you know what? I, I, wait, I, I, wait, wait. So Teddy's is the bar where no one knows your name. No one cares. It's totally, about it. totally opposite of that. <laughs> it's, wow. the word, it's the opposite of cheers. It's like I'm doing a really good job right now, just in general. <laughs> I'm like, number one, I said Melissa's name wrong. And number two, I'm saying how bad I am at my job while you're mentioning the name of my bar. Awesome. I mean, if you're going to get that free promo time, you're going to get the, the thorns that come with it. Just move on. Um, guys, please follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at BBU Pod Boys with a Z on Twitter. Uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network at the Pigskin Pod Net. Download the DraftKings app. Use promo code TPPN. And our sponsor this week, who was actually really our sponsor last week, too. Um, I know we were at the Wilson store, but Neff Vodka, ladies and gentlemen, is how we got through the, the the night, I would say. So we got there under the impression that there might be, you know, a beer or two to have before the draft. And uh, there wasn't. So Neff hooked us up and we all were just kind of drinking our individual Neft vodka bottles during the course of the uh, the draft. (laughs) Literally, just you know, this is how cool and easy this is. You know, it's like a almost like a little hand grenade. It's an incredible uh, presentation. Oh, it's wonderful. Just you know, pop the top off right here like that. Oh yeah, and then you just kind of. Yep. 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 You see, no face. It's delicious. Absolutely delicious for sure. Highly recommend. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I I drank soda for the first time in a long time, yeah. and, it, <laughs> yes. and, it, and it and it pairs wonderfully with it. So, yeah, I haven't had a I haven't had a sprite since I was a child, and yeah. you know when you put vodka in it, it's it's great. Oh. But anyway, please guys, get some Neff vodka. It's delicious. It's amazing. The packaging is really fun, and we're all really into Neff vodka now. Yeah. This is the whole thing about that's podcast for sure. They're going to be our sponsor, even when they aren't our sponsor. Yeah, it's perfect timing. It's it's summertime. You got to be drinking the vodka sodas to keep slim and trim, like we all do here on Big Blue United. Um, You know, get the six pick blazing. Six pick, six pack. I was thinking about picks. Yeah, six pack. Oh, draft picks. Yeah, draft picks. Good segue. Yeah, maybe we'll get some (laughs) pick six. Best segue I've ever heard on this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Um. Before we talk about the Giants, I just want to ask you guys, um, overall, draft, what were your impressions? Anything shocking? Anything weird? Anything, you know, 
you weren't weren't expecting were expecting i mean the the most glaring thing is is the just the pure insanity of the wide receiver run i don't think I there was, was anything the crazier thing. than that mm-hmm. yeah the they draft multiple was like, rounds yeah oh, for sure the draft was was going pretty much chalk until uh we hit you know the 13th pick there and and people started trading up and down uh Olav is where it got weird. Yeah, <laughs> with the, the the Saints, right? Um, yeah. I mean, but, he did end up like eight teams didn't even pick in the first round, which is so crazy, you know. I feel right, like, uh, Tampa yeah. Bay traded out uh, a few. What other team traded out? Uh, the Vikings traded out of the first round. Yeah, uh, I mean, among I think the guys also, who traded before. Yeah. yeah, I think it also indicates people are realizing the value of having more shots than than uh, you know higher up shots. Um, take, taking you know, moving back five spots and grabbing, uh, you know, an additional fourth round pick or fifth round pick or, or whatever um, goes a long way. And I think it, it also goes to show like we've done so many mock drafts this year and looked at so many big boards and everything we looked at was so totally different than how the GMs drafted across the board really um, this year. I mean, there's obviously some standouts. I think we'd all agree like the Ravens and the Eagles crushed Um and we can, we can go into some examples of that, but I, I think uh, there was a big, big disparity between the, the pros and the amateurs this year um, with the draft analysis and, and player valuations. And it was very indicative too. I mean, it was clear that teams looked at this draft in particular as, and you know, take this, don't take this, uh, you know, on surface level, but sort of a, how do you put this? Like almost a middle heavy draft, meaning, the quality and the value was not in the forefront. It was later on. And that's yeah. why you saw all these teams trading out. They're just like, eh, I can get something later. Yeah. I think we all, I think we all sort of saw that coming, right? Like the top yeah. wasn't as heavy and we, we all liked a ton of guys like in the second, third, fourth rounds. Um, and when we were trading down, that's all we were doing. <laughs> it was getting like 30, like third round picks and, and just take by getting everybody. Um uh- yeah, I mean, uh, I, I totally agree with how, you know, it, it makes it hard kind of like in our position, you're kind of sort of like a second level evaluator, right? There's people that are evaluating these players and you're kind of like reading the evaluations and then evaluating <laughs> the evaluations. And then you basically only have to go off of, you know, mock drafts and big boards and stuff yeah. like that. So we're not even watching film, you know, like, <laughs> literally, literally, you know, and, and well, I won't say I never watch highlights, but watching highlights isn't watch is not watching film. It's no. vastly different, but. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, to see guys that, you know, maybe were projected, you know, in, in the seventh round, we're going in the third round or, or whatever. It was just a the disparity was huge to me. And it, it kind of just made me sort of second guess kind of myself and be like, what are we really evaluating here at the yeah. end of the day? You know, it you don't know anything. And even the people who are making the mocks don't know anything either. And when it comes down to it, you know, you kind of can say the GMs don't really know either because nothing's a surefire bet. But it was definitely a fun draft, and uh, you know I like how spicy it was. It wasn't yeah. exactly what you expect, even in the to- even in the first round. There was a lot of things that you weren't weren't expecting to happen. So overall, I thought it was cool. I mean, do you guys have any comments about what, who you thought was best or worst draft? I know Dan, you just kind of mentioned the Eagles or Ravens. You want well, to elaborate on that at all, or maybe not necessarily a- answering who had the, f- the worst or best, but like I I just have to throw it out there here too, and especially after looking at at Twitter the last couple of days and. This Giants fan base has got to like really, really take it easy. It, it's it's really, really friggin' strange. However, we'll, we'll get right into that when we talk about Wendell Robinson. I'm yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. That'll you're be right. a great time yeah, to, to, to discuss that. Uh, sure. um, but yeah, I mean, I just I have to just mention that uh, I love the Ravens. What they did in the first and second rounds too, and I think their defense is just going to be awesome. And I, the only thing I have to say that's really good for them also is that they traded Hollywood Brown for a first round pick. And he was not worth a first round. No, pick he's not in any stretch of the imagination. So you trade him for basically Linderblom, which I think is, is a great straight up trade. You know, maybe the Ravens are a little thin at wide receiver now, but you know, Rashad Bateman is all right. There's not too much death behind him, but I think, you know, with the way their offense is structured more on the run and with Lamar Jackson running the ball, maybe, you know, you take a step back from, you know, tossing the ball a lot. I mean, Mark Andrews, obviously, you know, helps them out in third down and stuff like that. But I love their draft. And I, and I love, um, you know, Ajabo too, who I wanted the Giants to pick in the second round. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I do want to mention how much I hated the Jaguars draft because oh. I, I just thought the Trayvon Walker pick, you know, 
you can make the same argument against Thibodeau technically that they're both really athletically gifted, but didn't necessarily have the production. But I mean, Trevor Walker had nine sacks his entire college career. And then you're going to pick him first overall. I don't know. It's just like, and then, and then, and then, you know, I was reading this other thing where they're picking two middle linebackers basically in second and trade up to pick a middle linebacker, pick another middle linebacker in the third round. And then he just paid another middle linebacker in free agency, far more money than he should have been paid. Um, you guys even heard of this guy? Uh, Olukin? No. Apparently they gave him the bag at, at, at the middle linebacker and then drafted two. I, I, I don't know. I just want to lament the Jaguars as much as I can. They're just such a bad team. <laughs> and what else is now? They, yeah. I, it's it's almost a shame because, like, I mean, you remember how them back in the day, like, when they came out, they were, like, kind of good. I mean, with, with the, the Tom Coughlin's and Mark Brunell's and uh, was that David Cal- Caldwell, was it? And uh, David Fred Garrard. Taylor. David Garrard, yeah. Yeah, David Maurice well. Jones, Drew. They always yeah. had good defensive players. I mean, they were in the AFC Championship not that many years ago. Yeah, and no. they were fun. They With were kind of all their players away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think their owner is, is uh, he's got too many uh, hands and too many pots. Um, I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. Weird decisions. And, you know, the, the Christian Kirk thing is another one that was just the most mind-boggling. Oh, yeah, that's, ever, that's kind of ever it. seen in NFL history. Like, I mean, you know, let's see. They have Doug Peterson now who, you know, won a Super Bowl. I know you guys hate his guts, but he does have some track record. Um, I don't know. I won't be watching them, but we'll see what happens. I'll see the record. So who knows? <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to touch on there before we move on to the Giants draft? Or? Um, I think we should just mention the, the Eagles draft yeah, a little please. bit uh, sure. since we're going to be playing them uh, twice a year forever. And now we have to go up against Jordan Davis. Um, and they made really smart picks with, uh, I think the Cam Jurgens pick they had in the second round, uh, you know, a center that can fill for, um, Kelsey when, when he goes, he's, he's towards the end of his career. They got Nicobe Dean in the third round, which was probably the biggest head scratcher of the draft. Why did he fall? And there was rumors about his, uh, you know, health and everything. But according to the Eagles, he's going to, he's going to play immediately once practice opens. Well, just a little added tidbit that I saw. Um, this was actually stemming off of um, a question that was asked uh, by Shane and Dable, why they didn't go for him. And <clears throat> Shane's answer was kind of interesting. He said, oh, I don't, I don't know what you have, uh, you know, in terms of your information out there, but there's, there's reasons why uh, people let him drop in so many words. And yeah. I, I looked more into that and I mean, take it what you will, but like, his birthday was two weeks ago and none of his ter- teammates went his old two mate, teammates and like he's got personality issues and stuff like that. So it's like, I thought it might've been interviews. I, th- I thought you're right. It yeah, might've been, I think at the same time that this guy is probably going to be blowing up our screens and our running backs for, you know, many years to come. Yeah. We'll I, it's it's happens, a crapshoot. It's a good crapshoot to have, especially since he, he dropped that far. I mean, power to the Eagles for doing it, but like, there has to be a reason why nobody touched him for a couple of rounds. It's crazy. I mean, on top of the injury stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, who knows? It's just rare that there's a disparity that great between, you know, common consensus and, and where players eventually go. Um, Someone that was like a lock for the top 20 pick um, without any indicator. Otherwise. Um, Anyway, I just think coming out of the first round, Jordan Davis and AJ Brown, on both oh, sides yeah. of the ball. That's, that's going to suck as a Giants fan. Like maybe, the, maybe that makes more. I think the Jordan Davis thing makes the Wendell Robinson thing make more sense. Like we're just not going to run up the middle ever again. We're going to split Saquon out. We're going to have, you know, two slot wide receivers two two X wide receivers and just keep everything on the periphery. Cause you know, they already had a stout run defense to begin with. Um, and that man is huge. It's just going to eat people alive. It's funny you say that because you might, I mean, not defensively. I think defensively you're going to see kind of a throwback situation to Giants of, of, of uh, you know, old days style. Um, but the offense, we might not recognize this offense. Hope not. You won't. What? <laughs> no, no, no. And what I mean, what I mean by that is like you, it won't be, it won't even be touching like, you know, Eli era or, or of any not. sort of like Brennan Jacobs, like they, what, no. I don't think smash mouth is going to be a part of this at all. anymore. It's not. We, we hired Brian Dable and, and Kafka. They, they well, I, run the, 
polar opposite offense of those. I know, but it's all going to be predicated on on uh, the players that they get, and that yeah, Wendell Robinson is is definitely a, an indicator of that. I mean, everybody freaking out of, of too many slot wide receivers let's, coming uh, out. Let's right, hold we'll off. There, let's yeah. hold off for this conversation. I know. Until I, I, I'm like I know you, chomping it, at the bit. It is it is the biggest thing to talk about today. Yeah. I do agree with you, but I, we'll get there. <laughs> um, Giants draft guys. Um, I don't think we need to give an overall impression because we kind of just do that on the way. Um, but I mean, for me, I'm happy with the first round. Some of the later round picks were a little questionable to me, but I think overall they did well. Um, I mean, the only thing I really want to ask you guys is, are you surprised James Bradbury is still a giant right now? And what do you think is going to go on with that? It's a, a game of chicken, right? I think people are just waiting for the giants to lower the price enough or to cut him and take him. Cause they know we can't keep him. Um, I don't know. I mean, th- th- I haven't really thought about that. I mean, my impression of, of the Giants draft is uh, after that first round, they could basically do whatever they want, and I'd be happy. Um, sure. And although, like, I didn't wasn't too hyped on a lot of the guys we got in later rounds. There's a few in there I really do like. Um, they address the same positions that I would have addressed, um, which means you know their evaluation of these players, which they actually did an evaluation, is just different from the consensus big boards we've seen. Um, so, like, if they weren't to, like, draft offensive linemen or uh, players in the secondary, then I would be, like, super pissed. But they just chose people I, you know, didn't hear about when I was reviewing PFF for, like, the gazillionth time. <laughs> yeah, I, I I liked, I mean, obviously the offensive linemen, uh, you know, accumulating of, of, of those guys, it, it was so huge. And I thought it was very interesting that we're going to have two North Carolina guys, um, which I, I guess that in retrospect, I, what I read up on it is like they were, that was a heavy uh, trip for the Giants in general. Like that was a big. They were evaluating Sam Howell and like everything else as well. And I don't think I really paid much attention to it because you don't really you don't think of uh, North Carolina as I don't know this this college that is so heralded. But I guess they're getting better and better. Basketball, you do maybe well, not yeah, in the NFL. For football, yeah. football, I mean, rather. it's been they've been okay. For Better than a Duke. long time. F Duke, man. <laughs> yeah, well. I do like JJ Reddick, though. I can't, oh, I can't get down on him. Really? Uh, yeah, well, I don't like anybody. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I mean, who else went to Duke that's any good at, at anything? Uh, oh, just basketball players. That's... No, you can you can mention NFL players, too. Oh, Dave Brown, obviously. Okay, yep. And uh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, and he wasn't good. So no, I know, I know, it's a joke. Um, it's Daniel Jones joke, Colin. It's Daniel Jones joke. Um, well, he's still on the team, so I'm going to let that roll. Yeah, uh, well, you know what? I mean, I, I I'm going to go on a little tangent quickly because I'm very happy that the Joe Shane has added what is it nine offensive linemen this off season, and now the Giants have Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Tony, Wendell Robinson, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard. Ricky Seals Jones. So this is it. This Jordan is the Aiken. year. This is the year. Yeah. Jordan, yeah, sure. Jordan Aiken. This is the year. And I and I and after week five, if he's not putting up, then I hope the people out there can finally realize. But yes, Colin, there are a lot of delusional Giants fans, as we'll get into. Man, we're all just trying to chomp at the bit here. Um, yeah. before we get into the second round pick and the the most probably contentious part of the draft, first round, guys, amazing. I thought um, no, nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's been any number or any, I mean, a, a huge amount of talk about Thibodeau and, and Neil. So I don't know how much we need to talk about them. All I'll say is that I know there were issues with Thibodeau, but I think with Strahan coming in and doing, you know, going to be his mentor. And I read an interview with him. It got me excited that maybe he's going to not care so much about his brand because Strahan is kind of in his, in his ear being like, if you don't succeed on the field, then none of this other stuff matters. Well, which is what, what he had said. So, what, and he great. said, like the the brand gets shut down. I got to learn the playbook before uh, training camp. That is like yeah. good, and say it, and then do it. Let's see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, t- to be honest, I, I really don't care at all about the brand talk or any of those personality red flags. I think it's all, you know, just hot air. Like the guy is an athletic freak, super super capable of taking the next step. Um, highly highly touted highly drafted i mean highly highly sought out as a, as a high school recruit and the the slam on him is that he you know thinks about stuff outside of football like 
True. Why, why do we care? Why do we care? Like, it, it doesn't matter. He, they just juxtapose him to Aiden Hutchinson, who's like, oh, I eat footballs for breakfast. And, like, <laughs> like get get real, man. Like, this this guy is great. He's got an amazing personality. We saw the, the clip of him when they were asking about, like, you know, what do you want to tell Giants fans? He's like, while you sleep. I'm getting better. I'm practicing. Or when I sleep, I'm working. When you wake up, I'm working. When you go to bed, I'm working. And when you watch the fourth quarter, I'll be working. He like, might yeah. die if he doesn't sleep, though. I think he should get some rest. I mean, We're probably should get up, go to whatever. Sleep it's, it's been. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> it's been so long since there's been like a vocal, you know, charismatic person on the Giants, and like, I don't know if people couch it in the Giants way, like. What do you what do you think Mike Strahan would have been like if there was Twitter and Instagram in his head? Oh, it would have been like insane. He'd be all I mean, over it. He'd be tweeting at everything. I mean, um, he was he was crazy in the media then. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's all put in perspective. Like, if if you want to know how I felt, you guys can watch the YouTube clip of us celebrating the picks. Um, pure joy, pure ecstasy. I, I couldn't speak for a, a bit of time there. Um, just couldn't be happier with the first round really and and can't wait to see them and i think one of the things is is like we don't expect to win a super bowl now but the team got a lot more fun to watch absolutely instant oh yeah it's gonna be there's gonna be stuff to like be excited about and it's gonna be fun it's can i mention my favorite question in that interview by the way was with with him was um what's better sacks or sex and he said sacks because at some point you, you you can't get sacks anymore I was like, I was like, well, you're full of shit, dude. But you know, I'm going to take this answer for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. he's not wrong. You can't, no. you can't be sacking people like when you're not playing football. Anymore. When you're 90, no. Well, well yeah, because they got a pill for that now, yeah. but they don't yeah. have a pill for sacks. I mean, you could start just tackling people in the street, but that probably wouldn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. I, I like that. Let's, oh, I will, also let's try it, guys. Let's, let's this week we'll go out and we'll just we'll just tackle people and see how that goes. <laughs> I'm sure it'll go over swimmingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to also ask you guys, how much money do you think Graham Gano is asking for number five? Oh, that's a great for question. Peppers. How much money? Oh, well, they, oh. they quoted oh, well, like. Like 250k. He said 250, and I don't know about the zeros. Is that 250 thousand dollars or 25 thousand dollars? 250 thousand dollars. Yeah, probably. And probably. Well, do you remember uh, when it was um, uh, Plexico came to the Giants and he bought out 17 from Fiegels, and it was like I don't remember the money number, but it was like a vacation was the second part. It was like Mm -hmm. money and a vacation, so it might be something like that too. So if you're a kicker, the best way to get more money is to make sure to pick a really popular number and then try to sell it to another he, player. He's going to buy it. He's going to get five. You know he wants five. Eh, 55 is good, too. Eh, no, no, Mr. Nichols. Mr. Nichols. When you see 5-5 five, five coming through. Do you remember we're referring to LeVar Arrington when he was signed, and I remember how hype everybody was for Mr. 5-5, five, five, Mr. Nichols, and then, yeah. He was, he was really good for like ACL. three games. He, he had the one safety on, on Drew Bledsoe when he was oh, on the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, I, I felt my, my heart explode. And then he that just was awesome. Forever. Yeah. He also devoured the, the, the Redskins at the time. They were called the Redskins then. He yeah. had a game where he just not, destroyed that whole game. Not familiar with that team. Yeah. Well, that's what they were called when, when the game happened. So, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. um, <laughs> also, I think, I think the money that he will lose, you know, giving to Graham Gano will be made up for when his number is five. I feel like a number five, you know, defensive end jersey will sell oh, better. Just, just like num- number science there. Yeah. You know? No, that's, I mean, that's going to be, I mean, you don't want to get, you know, ahead of yourself, but like if he ends up being really good, that's an all-time jersey. Well, yeah. Well, well, well ahead of ourselves. I hope so, there, Colin. Yeah. I, no, I'm I just saying so. like, it, like if he's at even – a little bit good. The the name, the number, the fact that like that rule changed kind of recently, and we haven't really had a defensive player uh, yeah. kind of go that route. I mean, that's amazing. True. All right. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at even a bigger payout. 
Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And, oh, you don't you want to talk about Evan Neal at all? I mean, I don't have, I mean, honestly, yeah, we can. he's the, only, we can. He's the yeah. only one I don't really have notes on because I think he's just going to come in here, plug and play, and be the second best player on the line right away. Yep. I, 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 it would shock me if that he came in and struggled early on. But, you know, Andrew Thomas did. I think at left tackle, it's a little more difficult. Right tackle, he's going to have an easier time transitioning. I think that's a more natural position for him. Yeah. Um, that pick excites me more than the Thibodeau pick, to, to be honest with you, because the defense has been good and the offense have just been atrocious for so yeah. long. I mean, I, I, I won't get into talking about what we think the offense is going to look like in a second, but this pick was was really amazing. And I love that Thibodeau ended at five because you had Ikenawa or Neil there, and you could do whatever you wanted at five. Ikenawa. The draft, Ikenawa. Did, did I, am I pronouncing it wrong? I, I think I, every time. Can, can we just, can we make a switch to just Thibodeau? Thibodeau? Yeah, Thibodeau. Let's do Thibodeau. Kayvon. Kayvon Thibodeau? Thibodeau. I thought it's not Thibodeau. No, I don't think it's a. Th- All right. Either way, let me finish my thought. Um, you know, <laughs> so the, the Giants had a, the best first friend you could possibly have asked for as a Giants fan. You have two guys who basically were number one overall, essentially. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what, a, what, a, what a, I, I won't say masterful work necessarily because it kind of fell on your lap, but they did make what I think you know, everyone thought was the right choice. I don't it was think like the any- easiest first round for yeah. Giants GMs in years. I'm sure you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody, you know, in the league or evaluating it or talking about it that would say that the Giants did anything wrong in the first round yeah. based upon the yeah. information available. I, I'll agree, but if this was the previous regime, I would not be shocked if, you know, if Gettleman was choosing this and he's like, well, Neil's our number one guy, so I'm going to take him at five, even though we'd really like Kayvon. But no, you can't pass him up because you can't do that. I agree. And then you lose him, and then you have like Icky there at number seven, and he like, well, could, couldn't afford to to risk it. Mm-hmm. Like like that sort of like logical, rational approach that this regime took was not a guarantee. If this was last year, like you can never trust a guy that falls in full bloom love with people, and uh, just just I can't overstate how nice it is to have people in the front office that are making decisions that make sense and for seemingly with a plan. And um, it's just nice not to have to worry about everything going wrong all the time. And a quick little segue on top of that, two guys that were hired by Dave Gettleman are out. And who are they? You want me to say it? Well, you know who it is. <laughs> well, it's Chris yeah. Pettit, and I forget the other guy, so help me out. Uh, uh, Chris Pettit and Kyle, uh, Kyle, what's his name? Kyle O'Brien. Yeah, and I can't believe they stayed as long as they did. It's God. almost like they... One less they Irish probably, guy there. Well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure it was one of those things where they, they gave him the opportunity. Um, all right, yeah, here, what do you what do you think during this draft? Oh, you're an idiot? Okay, you're right. Oh, you, you bring nothing to the table? Yeah. <laughs> you've just been in this front office for like 15 years and you've learned nothing? Okay, see yep. you. Well, I mean, Ow. O'Brien's position didn't even exist until last year when Gettleman just made it up. So, I mean, you know. Is he a nephew, right? He, knows, like he nephew. must know somebody. I think you he's know. a nephew. Um, yeah, and he got promoted like ultra fast. I, I, think, I think if you read like that article um, that came out, after the season, they talk about him a bit, but super happy about that. Oh yeah, cool. Bye. Uh, Actually, I yeah. think uh, Will brought Chris Pettit up during the live uh, yeah. stream last week, and he's just like, "I can't wait until he's gone." And then, yeah. you know, lo and behold. But anyway, he willed it into existence. Yeah, nice. Although he's gotten himself into some trouble this week, but let's not talk about that. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. Um. All right. What, what everyone's been waiting for. Um, who wants to talk about the Wendell Robinson pick first? Should I flip a coin or? Yeah, flip a coin. Uh, Colin, you want to do it? Just okay. go. <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, I think the three of us, the instant reaction was uh, visceral and the fact that we had no idea who he was really. Even in all of our mock drafts, we didn't even see him floating around. It was nothing uh, like that. We, I was familiar with him. Yeah, but not like, not there. Definitely not, not there, there is right. But I mean, that's indicative of kind of everything that happened. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't so like out of the blue that 
you know, a wide receiver came off the board early that you didn't expect. That well, was basically this entire draft, right? Yeah. And and I was like, I was kind of bummed at the fact that we were going just in general wide receiver that early. I didn't think it was necessary to go there. So, but, you know, I let it simmer a little bit and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, all right, let me go check Twitter and see like the, what the general consensus is. And it's just like, I mean, I love Nikki Snacks to death, but like his first reaction was she was just like, well, back to Gettleman. Everyone sucks. Everyone's the worst. This is the worst draft ever. Uh, might as well just fold the club. That's it. That's the end of it. I was just <laughs> laughing. I'm like, dude, I love you because you are so reactionary. And I love that. But he, he gives loves himself, the team, man. You know, yeah. and he gives good. himself time to like calm down and like have, have like 24 hours to figure it out. There's other people that right now, still right now, think because of that pick, it was the worst draft we've had in years. And I'm just like, what do you just want to fail now at this point? It drives me insane. And it, it like, and I don't, you know, peruse a lot of other fan bases, Twitter scenes, but like, it's one of the most toxic fan bases when it comes to that sort of stuff. And it, it drives me nuts because I want to allow myself to be cool with who we pick because of the hope that I have in this, uh, this front office. So if that's a guy right there that they felt they needed to get maybe earlier than where he was slotted, so be it. Let's see him play. Let's see him develop. Um, I mean, everything I, I showed you, some some random stats of like how he ranked in terms of the SEC and like other wide receivers there. And like he's in the top five. It's just dumbfounding to me. You know, you, you're so excited that the Giants have moved on and, and brought in these new guys and you're super pumped for them. They kill the first round and then they trade down twice, which, you know, people want it to happen, by the way. And then you get upset because they pick a guy who had, you know, 1,300 yards, 100 receptions and seven touchdowns. Sure, he's small. Sure, the Giants have three slot receivers now. All I can think of is when I was reading about him was that he can play halfback too and that mm-hmm. the Giants are going to make him Debo Samuel Yeah, is what I think is going to happen. And also, I know one of you guys sent this, this earlier. I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs, the, the Niners rather, and where Kafka's from, excuse me. Um, Kafka's from the Chiefs. Kafka's yeah. from the Chiefs. Excuse me. I got it right the first time. Anyway, both had like, you know, highest percentage of pre-snap motion in the league. Giants yeah. had the least or close to the least the last several years. So all of a sudden you have all these pieces to move around behind the line and people complain because they have to get schemed in. It's like, fine. You finally have competent people making the scheme. So if you have to make certain plays for certain players and not just say, Oh, well, shoot Kenny Galladay down the sideline and we won't throw him the ball. Like, I mean, what what are people thinking right now? You know, it's like, I get, I get, you know, there's a a number of people that could have jumped in and, and been a starter at, a, at any given position, or you could have, you know, picked uh, Abdabo and, you know, had that crazy pass rush or tried to get that crazy pass rush back that, you know, won the Giants the Super Bowls in the past years. But, you know, just to sit there and like, you know, criticize and be toxic and, and just hate this pick to me is just, it's, it's insane. It's, it's just inane. Like, you know, put some trust in these guys and what they're going to do. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. Maybe they didn't have the pieces there that they thought they should. Maybe they thought Kadarius Tony had an injury history and would get hurt and they needed someone to jump in and pick up the slack when he was hurt. You don't know, so don't make the judgment because it, it, it's, you know, you have to put faith in the team, is my point. And I think, Colin, that was your point too. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited about him. I, I think it'll be cool to see how they use him. I mean, that, that's a, you're right. That's the one thing that people have to remember is like, this isn't the last regime. Let exactly. it show itself before you say anything. We got mad at Gettleman because the proof was in the pudding. He did yeah. stupid crap over and over again, and it when was continuing. Picked, when they picked Tony last year, I was like, well, how are you going to get him the ball? Because you can't do anything on offense. You can't be creative. That was like the knock on him was that he needed to be schemed in. The same knock on, it on Wendell, but now the Giants have a team that can accomplish that and not just have Jason Garrett running the stick every play uh, or and, and you know failing to run the ball on first down every single first down yeah i don't think you're gonna see that offense again if we do i'll just go jump off the brooklyn bridge and be over with it because well, i can't deal with that, that anymore <laughs> dan dan what do you think um i don't know you guys said a lot of things uh i don't really care about giants fans saying the pick was bad like you can say the pick is bad like that's your opinion like that's why we're a fan base um i'm sure other teams have toxic 
as you said, Colin, uh, relationships with uh, the draft or what the team decides to do. I think it hurt particularly because like Andrew Booth went right before to the Vikings. And I was really hoping for that. Yeah, sure. Um, as far as like, like Wandale Robinson, um, uh, I, I would like, so I wouldn't have been mad if we took a wide receiver in the second round that like, if we took George Pickens there, I I would have been pretty pumped. I really liked him. I thought he was sort of a high value, um, outside wide receiver. Um, and like, obviously the guys that came after that weren't wide receivers, like a Jabo or, um, you know, Brisker or, you know, a few other people, um, would have been pretty psyched about, but, um, I think, I think Wandell is going to be really interesting. Like you got to like frame it as the team we're aiming to be, whether that's the chiefs or, or the, the bills, um, whether that's like a Cole Beasley, uh, Gabe Davis kind of thing, or like a Nicole Hardman, Tyreek Hill kind of thing. Um, that like you're saying, Colin, offense going to look totally different. Um, we've been saying it forever, but the most potent offenses run motion, you know, a ton, like 70% of the time. I think, I think the Rams run option every play. Yeah. Um, and they also run play action. So if you have all these guys that can get the ball in the backfield or run routes and need to be accounted for no matter where they are on the field, it's going to create a lot of confusion and overcome a lot of our, our weaknesses. Um, you know, say our inability to run up the middle, <laughs> you can play action and then, and then, and then get it to space to, to Wendell Robinson or Kadarius Tony, who's liable to break it off for 12 or 30 yards. Um, Cause they're just unique movers. Uh, Wandell is, has like a unique college career. He, he played in Nebraska and then, then went to Kentucky. Um, didn't have a, a great, at least statistic wise uh, career at Nebraska, but from people that watch, um, yeah, you know, what is that? Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Big, well, um, they said he was the highlight of that offense, um, and and made the most of what little they had going the, these past few years in Nebraska. Why did um, he transfer? Do you know? I don't know. Probably wanted to play in an offense that used him better. Yeah. That's I, fine. Um, is Fair. he from Kentucky? Yeah. I, yes, he is. I think that might have been something to do with yeah. it. Um, but like you said, ultra productive there. You know, I think the thing that's hard, the hard pill for all us to swallow is his size. You know, you, you taking someone that high, you don't want what someone that was seemingly a gadget player, um, five, eight and you know, what is he? One seventy five, seventy three or something. Yeah. Um, smaller dude, but <clears throat> from all accounts, he's really strong for his size and, and really slippery. Um, and again, this comes to like my ultimate thesis is he's going to be super fun to watch. Like yeah. when he's on the field, you're going to want to see what he does with the ball in his hands and comparing with someone like Kadarius, Tony, you know, all goes well with him. Super exciting. I mean, it seems like the Giants have a lot of of speed at this position and a lot of talent at this position, and I don't think that there's enough corner talent on a lot of teams to handle it. Yeah. and then and we'll and, see what happens. But and then Galladay gets forgotten about in all of this. That's right. That's, like if all else fails, to throw a jump ball to Kenny Galladay. Yeah, yeah right. I yeah. mean, and he's bound to have start a bounce doing back. That. I mean, he has to. He can't have a worse year than last year. It's exactly. like almost statistically impossible. Well, they didn't throw him the ball. They just exactly <laughs> why they didn't throw him the ball at all. Nope. And you keep saying like the knock on these dudes is like like scheming them in. Like that's quite literally the job of an offensive coordinator is to create a offensive scheme to give your playmakers <laughs> that was my point. the ball. Was and that, then what we they saw couldn't do that. I know what what do Giants fan want? What we've always seen, which is like, okay, we're going to run a play, but. Whatever the play is, it's not going to matter because we're just going to check down to Saquon every time because we don't have a like a, a cogent, you know, offensive thesis. It, it's just it's infuriating. Uh, I don't think people realize how much better this is going to be just because of the coaching staff is different. Yeah, exactly. Like like and, we, if we didn't draft anyone, our team is going to be twenty five percent better. Yeah, and let them go get the guys that they want that they think are going to work in the offense. You know, I think the, the, and that's the thing too, right? point pick was was for that and for the wrong reason, but we'll get into that later. But you yeah, know. I, well, I've been saying like like Wandell Robinson, like right, he wasn't in this realm for the picks, but them picking him specifically ahead of a bunch of other people, you know, goes to that idea that they have a very specific idea of what they want to do and how they're going to get there. And he's a very specific kind of player to help and, them and, realize that goal and whatever and that goal. And if that's the goal, that's an exciting style of football. And they picked him there because they probably had the news that there were teams behind him that wanted him too. Why wouldn't they wouldn't wait because they wouldn't think he was going to be there. That's something to think about. And you picked well. up Perhaps, two picks yeah. in the process too. Well, yeah. that was the best part. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, anything else about Wendell? Should we move on to yeah. Joshua? Yeah, let's move on. Just, just get ready. It's gonna be fun. Like yeah, it's, it's, not, gonna it's, be not, it's not. It's not. We, we drafted like like a, a super overrated or like underrated, you know, guard or you know, t- boring tight end. Like he's he's a super fun wide receiver, and the yeah. very least, it's gonna be fun to see what happens. I mean, you know, I hope I hope the same people mad at this were mad at Tony last year because yeah. Yeah. it's the same. It's the same. You know, it wasn't the first round pick. Sort of. It wasn't the first round pick, and, but and it was we had sort of addressed- a, guy, a luxury. <laughs> yeah, we, we probably should have addressed like offensive line and defensive line beforehand. But there so you go. The Giants did yeah. that, and then yeah. got got who they wanted to yeah. fit into their upcoming offense. Anyway, exactly. Yeah. Um, have faith, that. people. Um, Joshua Azudu. Offensive guard, North Carolina, the third pick, third round, pick 64. Uh, I mean, he was the best player on a, on a, what was a bad North Carolina line, has yeah. ver, ver, versatility to play guard and tackle, did both. Um, on the same drive sometimes. <laughs> he's a, you know, he's he's big dude, 6'4", 325. Um, intriguing prospect to me, I think, in terms of where he landed. But, you know, I keep wanting to say, or I want to say I saw him in mocks here or there, but I feel like that's such an irrelevant thing to say in this particular yeah. draft. But I mean, um, I think he's, I think, you know, he'll end up either starting sooner than later, probably just based upon, you know, the interior lineman available on this team right now. I mean, what, what you guys feel any particular way about him or, well, I, I think what it, what keeps coming back and it, it goes to the, the change regime regime again, of course, too, we had these, uh, high hopes for, for the Joe judge era of, um, him talking about versatility and priding themselves on wanting players like that. Problem is, is when you can't do anything with any of these players, it doesn't matter. But this front office, I feel like has the ability to do something with it and actually leans into the versatile aspect of things. All the players that were drafted for the most part can be moved around. They can do multiple things. And it's almost like they leaned into a athleticism and B versatility in that order. And this guy's just another example of it, especially when you, when he's that early, early going too. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know a hell of a lot about him at all, to be honest, but he's huge. And, you know, I, I would imagine he's coachable. Um, like I said before, spent, uh, they spent a lot of time in North Carolina, so they know, um, I don't know how much more I can talk about it. I mean, he's a he's a giant man. All the offensive linemen that we got are huge, way it's big. A good, it's a good quality to have as an offensive lineman. Can't teach it. Can't teach it. Um, I'll, I'll say like again, he he didn't appear in any of my mocks. I don't know if he was even like had a PFF grade, but um, versatility is always a premium, especially where where nothing's defined in our offensive line. Um, and also like he seems like a super. I, I never like evaluating players on this but it's important is he seems like a super high character guy if you've seen the interviews with him um just really thoughtful he he had a lot to say he he grew up with a stutter um and he's really proud of how far he's made it and he's looks he's looks at himself as an example to other kids that uh, might have the same affliction and and the ability to be a role model he seems like you know a, a really good human um and if cool. that's reflecting good humans like i think that they've done so so far with you know every all accounts wandale robinson as well seems like just a great guy um so maybe it's a little culture building too but uh, you have a versatile guy with great upside and size um again there's other offensive linemen we definitely liked a lot and some of the offensive linemen we liked in our in our mocks like went undrafted so what do we know um i, I don't i'm not an expert on interior offensive line play i don't i don't crunch that tape i mean oh man i thought you did i you should considering that was uh that was your forte back in the day i I was a tackle dude i wasn't i wasn't interior damn i was looking for the big bucks yeah yeah. i was was a pulling tackle what do you know well that's what i mean you you were like the most anti-tackle tackle of all time i I I don't know what scheme you guys are running there but i I block cornerbacks and safeties more than down lineman so yeah <laughs> it's insane Does make sounds sense. like a hard assignment for a big man um let's move on guys uh cornerback lsu cordell flat round three pick 81 uh dan you want to start sure yeah uh this is one of the guys that i was always looking at uh in and around this area of the draft when, when i was running my mocks Same here. um great size six six one uh super light 
again, like 175. Um, but his strengths are are in, in man and press coverage. Uh, really gifted athlete. Uh, he played outside uh, nickel and safety. Again, that versatility. Um, and, you know, the, the thought on him is is that he's got great instincts, um, really, you know, sort of instinctual uh, player. Um, and with some polish and some <laughs> weight gain, he could be, you know, a true man man coverage uh, corner, which is what you need in this league. It's, it's really hard to run, a, you know, a zone scheme back there. And uh, I think, you know, Wink probably wants to have his corners play man and, and press and and, and uh, let everyone take care of their business that way. So I think uh, high upside, but a bit of a project. Um, and coming from LSU uh, and playing with those players, you know, I always, you know, would bet on a guy from that team. Yeah, I mean, we we have a, a fairly good track record. I mean, I can't can't help but think about uh, Quebster, your boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he Webster. caught 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 the last Corey pass. Webster caught the last <laughs> Packers uh, Packers Brett Favre pass of all time. Can't Fun can't ball. forget that. Yeah, um, that yeah. I, I think being as light as he is kind of worries me a little bit. You you do hope that he has the capability to put on a little weight because uh, he has the playability, especially the wink style of defense like i i kept when i was listening to you dan i was like picturing him in raven's purple because it, it he strikes me as the kind of uh his last name looks like it belongs on a raven jersey. yes yeah so yeah. like hey if, if we can get a, a defense that has that nasty attitude like he had there uh, i'll take it um yeah yeah we'll we'll see i suppose yeah i mean um I mean, I guess he he can play the outside. He projects a little more into the slot, yeah. but just for me, it's kind of like the Giants the last three years have now picked like a slot cornerback, which is fine. I know, you know, we often say you can't have enough cover corners, and I guess, you know, um, Shane and Co., you know, wanted to get their guy to play that position. Um, the only thing I, I'm thinking is that, you know, with his size, I was reading that the press coverage with him is really not his forte, mm. that he's easy to beat on the inside. If you make an inside move on him, if he has to play up on a, on a player, that being said, I have read that he can do man in zone. He's just going to have to like, you know, put on some weight and, or, you know, give him more of a cushion. Um, I know the giants liked to do that last year. Obviously things have changed. So we'll see how that goes, but I mean, he, he's not going to play the run. He can't tackle. Um, but I re- did read that, you know, when he does have the ball in his hands, you know, he is very dangerous. So maybe I think early on while he develops that technique, put stuff on uh, with the ball in his hands, Dan, I mean, when he gets an interception or oh. on special teams. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking, um, so, so make sure he gets a lot of interceptions and then we'll take it from <laughs> well, there. <laughs> you know, I, I'm thinking that, you know, it's early on while he develops that technique, puts the weight on, I think maybe kick returning, punt returning special teams contributor being a gunner, I think is where he's uh, going to land yeah. early on in his career. I think we might see Wanda, Wandell Robinson returning some kicks too. Probably. I mean, I, who did the the Giants uh, picked up a returner too, but uh, you know, I, you know, it's great to have depth at yeah. that position and not have to put out your starting safety to return punts, you know, is something you know that I didn't want to see. TJ, you know, instead of drafting Cor- Cordell Flott, we could have drafted your uh, draft Flott. draft draft lover uh, Cameron Thomas. Does that uh, stink? I thought he went in the third. Oh no! Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And he went somewhere who I thought had a really good draft too. Where did he? End no, up? he didn't. He went to the Cardinals. Who? Oh, never mind. Okay, <laughs> the worst they did draft. Not have a good draft. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, the Giants addressed. I think the pass rush. And I think they needed to address the secondary. So I'm glad they yeah. used the, this pick to address the secondary. And then with the next one, dressed another position that was of need. The tight end. Daniel, Love. or it's not Daniel, it's David Bellinger. Isn't no, it? it's, I, no, it's Daniel. Daniel. I, I forgot. Cause I wrote David first and then I fixed it to Daniel. And then I forgot that I fixed it. No, let's set the precedent now. Just call him David. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, all right. Uh, Dave, Daniel Bellinger, <laughs> uh, tight end San Diego state. Who I'll just start and just say what I'm reading is the opposite yeah. of Evan Ingram, uh, which I think pretty, we're all we're all going to be happy about to a degree. Um, I mean, if, if, yeah, I mean he's 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 a his first uh, best skill as a tight end is is run blocking. Love that, and he was underutilized at San Diego State because um, they were more of a run offense anyway. Uh, he ran a I saw four five six forty at, at certain points. Um, that's pretty incredible. I think he's uh, a kind of guy that's like waiting to be unleashed. And I feel like get him coached up and he could be a possible starter. I mean, I've read a bunch of places where he, 
you know, going back to what we talked about leading up to the draft is the tight end position was, was super deep. And he was one of those guys floated around right around this spot. As soon as the it, the pick was called, I was like that. I mean, it, it felt very mock drafty at that point. I was like, all right, perfect. That's kind of where four or five is where I want, would have wanted to go tight end anyway. Um, he had zero drops last season, which is pretty awesome. I mean, I don't know how many balls he got thrown. Maybe it was five, but, uh, he had 31 catches last year. Okay, great. Amazing. Um, He's drawn comparisons to Dawson Knox, who obviously was was uh, someone who was unheralded in, in Buffalo before being coached up and kind of blowing up. So if they can kind of uh, do the same work, the same magic with him, uh, bring him along slowly. I'm sure he'll be just that second tight end for a while in, in big packages and then, you know, sprinkle it in when when you think the defense is sleeping. I think that's a perfect way to bring him up. Hopefully, uh, Seals Jones kind of takes him under his wing. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because at that point, I don't even know who was still on the board tight end wise, but he was one of the bigger names left. Do you think Seals Jones will take him under his flipper? His I, 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 I had a feeling. It, I would try to figure out a quick joke, but I was like, he doesn't fly. That's not flying. That's swimming. So I can't do this. <laughs> um. I think this is one of the guys that, that we highlighted a bunch of times like when we were doing our mocks. Um, yeah. I, although I don't think he's as polished uh, or engineered as a, a pass receiving tight end no. like like Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox was like very much a, a receiver first tight end. So I think he this I think uh Bollinger Bellinger might be like, you know, how we remembered uh uh Kevin Boss or Sure. Ballard, maybe, maybe that type of love it. Sort of unassuming speed can catch balls down the seam. Um, and hopefully block fairly well. He's certainly got the size. He's six six, two fifty. Um, <clears throat> but solid pick. I think this is the kind of guy you need. And like you said, we have Ricky Seals Jones, who is a converted wide receiver, um, and Jordan Akins, who is is maybe closer to the Y tight end. Um, but that's that's all of a sudden it's it's a somewhat decent tight end room or at least serviceable. Like, I don't think yeah. it's going to hurt us. It's not going to be strength, but, but it's not going to be any worse than it was. Yeah. You lack, uh, you lack that high end pass catcher, but I think a lot of teams do. Um, I mean, Seals Jones is going to catch the balls and the two tight end sets. Bellinger is going to be, he's a blocker first, yeah. yeah. but he can catch the ball and he has really good hands as Colin said, which is why I said he's the opposite of Evan Ingram. Cause he's not super athletic, but he can hold on to the ball. Yeah. Uh, and I, I and also that. like, you don't want, any of our tight ends catching the ball when our other personnel is, you know, Kadarius Tony and, and Wondell Robinson and Kenny sure. Galladay and Saquon, like catch him sleeping. That's <laughs> how mean, you catch him sleeping. I think you'll see Bellinger though on third down. I think, you know, I read that he can run up as an H back too. I think you might see him be a check down guy, get you out of some of those harder third down situations early on, at least I, he yeah. probably not going to be running down the seam, catching balls and scoring touchdowns, but you know, for a quarterback kind of having that out, a reliable receiver, a big bodied guy. You can kind of with a big catch radius is going to be a positive for Jones yeah. moving forward. And the soft offense hands. in general, very soft. soft hands. Mm-hmm. You have hard hands, stone hands. That's right. As we called it. Um, now guys, I, I, I think we wanted to do the whole draft, but we're kind of running out of time. Let's, uh, let's yeah. wrap it up and we will, um, do the rest of the draft next week and touch on someone, uh, uh, undrafted free agents is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, right. Thank you guys for listening tonight. We'll see you next week. Um, please follow Big Blue Nine on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You got BBU Pod Boys with a Z on Twitter, the Pigskin Podcast Network. Download that DraftKings app. Use promo code TPPN. Grab a bottle of Net Vodka at your local local store, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.